Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Ahead on NBA Today, Giannis limps off today's Eurobasket game. The video and news you need to see, we've got it. Plus, we've got some rather interesting new backcourts this season. Matt Barnes and Janae on which one is best. And one of those backcourts is Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. So where will the Cavs find themselves in the East standings? All that and more as NBA Today starts now. And welcome into NBA Today. I'm Cassidy Hubbard filling in for Malika Andrews. And despite being 40 days away from the NBA's opening night on October 18th, some of the NBA's brightest stars appear to be in midseason form as they play for their countries in Eurobasket 2022. Now, on Tuesday, Luka Doncic and Giannis Antetokounmpo both went off, Luka dropping 36 for Slovenia against Germany, while Giannis scored 41 points for Greece versus Ukraine, the most points in a Eurobasket game since Dirk had 41 in 2001. Take a listen to Luka after those games. You said who was going to score the most points in one game? Uh, I would bet on Giannis. Why? Uh, why? Because he's Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> Humble on the mic, but less than 24 hours later, Luka topped Giannis, scoring 47 points in a huge win over France yesterday, the second most points ever scored in a Eurobasket game. And that got some people on our show talking. Who do you expect to have the best season this year, Brian? This was a vintage performance from Luka today. He's going to do this throughout the NBA season. He's going to have a great chance to get that first MVP. Mark, you agree? Yeah, I actually do agree for Brian with Brian for once. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to go three straight? Are you agreeing with Luka as well, Mo? Um, I, I picked him last year. I haven't decided this year, but I think huh. he should be in there. And we'll hear from Brian again in just a bit, but we're now joined by Matt Barnes and Shanae Agumake in studio. And look, you guys both weren't a part of that international debate we had yesterday, but we'll, we'll be able to get you know, plenty of your thoughts in just a bit. But I, I, before we get to that, uh, we got to get into some actual basketball action. I want to show you Oops. because um, Giannis had a chance to try and one-up Luca this morning as Greece took on Estonia and in the first quarter. Take a look at this uh, vicious dunk. I like that sign. That was a good one. Yeah, it's very nice. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Mid-season form in the summer. That's scary. Is that Watch that's like head. playoffs? That's, that's finals? You know what I'm that's, saying? I think it's just all the time. And that's just consistent. Yeah, I don't think there's anything. And look, no help defense. Business decision. Business like, decision. <laughs> I was about to say business decision. I love it. They know about going viral over there. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh okay. okay. We put it on a poster. Oh. I mean, like, over the box, over the square. Just the length. The length. Got it. And now, end, in the, end of the first, Costas onto the Kumpo with the block. And on the other end, Giannis with the dunk. Little brotherly connection. You know I love some siblings. 
hoops, okay? Yes. This is like giving me everything, giving me life. I love the mix. I mean, look at that stats. 25 points, 9 for 10 field goals in the first half. Like, but, but stuff like this, games like this are great for people like Giannis because literally, I mean, he does everything in the NBA, but you really get to do everything when you're playing in games like this and really work on some of your deficiencies come regular season for the NBA. And but, also give something to international fans. But here's the thing. Bucks fans were holding their breath here because uh, as he was driving to the rim, he would go down after contact in a bit of pain, testing out his ankle on the sideline. He would not return to the game with an apparent ankle injury. It was kind of a blow up at that time. He also had his knees heavily iced up, a little bit of a limp after the game. Greece would win 90 to 69, but as you saw, just a, just a noticeable limp. Right. Very taped out. Yes, the, that's yeah. what that's what his uh, head coach said after yeah. the game. It, all good. Um, and despite his night being cut short, Giannis, his 25-point performance helped him finish the group phase as the leading scorer of the EuroBasket tournament at 29 and a half points per game. A couple other NBA players are near the top. Luka Doncic is third, and Lowry Markkinen is fourth. I now want to bring in ESPN senior writer Brian Windhorse as we go for a wide and look. So Giannis's ankle injury was diagnosed, diagnosed as a mild sprain, but with his injury today and Luca playing a little banged up in yesterday's game, Brian, what are your thoughts with the NBA's brightest stars playing in this tournament so close to training camp getting underway? The teams really don't have a choice, uh, Cassidy. <laughs> right. I mean, I think 10 or 15 years ago, teams tried to have some control there. Players of this level, when they want to play for their national teams, they're going to play for their national teams. And I'm actually pretty surprised and impressed that Giannis is playing. I watched him in person in China last time he played for the Greek national team three years ago. It was a miserable experience. The way the rules are set up in FIBA, it allows you know players to get in front of him and bait him into charges. He was fouled out of his last game there, and he was so frustrated. I wondered if we were headed for a Tim Duncan situation. You know, 20 years ago, Duncan's threw up his arms and said, I can't take the way these games are officiated. I'm done playing international basketball. Mm. But Giannis comes back and plays. Now, there are Bucks officials with him. They will keep an eye on that ankle and make sure everything is fine. But Giannis is doing what we know Giannis can. He's probably the best player in the world, if not the second best player. He's dominating there. He's also shooting 85% from the line, which Bucks fans will love to hear, <laughs> and 16% from three-point range. Don't Bucks fans it. won't, but don't worry about Giannis. He's doing great. Yeah, I didn't hear any countdowns uh, from, from the crowd uh, during that game. <laughs> but look, both of you guys in studio here with me nodded your heads when, when Brian said, you know, they don't really have a choice. But I, I want to kind of get your perspective as you both had to get ready for long seasons. As players, what are your thoughts on playing in these off-season tournaments? And Shanae, I want to start with you. Yeah, someone who's played overseas, and I'm currently trying to play for the Nigerian national team. Uh, I think the perspective is a lot of times you think, oh, it's so close to the season. To them, this is a huge point of pride. Right. You know, this is even bigger than, quote, unquote, like, you know, the NBA, per se, because this is just something about legacy. This is about, you know, you were born this way, and then you are able to compete at a high level and just galvanize a country. So to them, it's bigger than your day-to-day -day job, which happens to be NBA that pays you multiples of millions. But uh, the reality is when I look at Giannis, I just love what he does. I mean, look at wherever he goes. You've seen on social media all the Antetokounmpo brothers, how much fandom is there, and I think it's a good showing for them to compete. I would not necessarily be so worried about competing at this point because a lot of players in the NBA are right now ratcheting up their workouts, you know, getting ready for these training camps and these experiences together collectively as teams. This is a good tune-up. I think the important point here is you need to get some rest yes. before the season starts, right? So finding some time to get some rest. I have no problem with playing games at this point. I mean, the WNBA is about to 
go straight into world championships. No problem with playing games. I think making sure he's rested and is smart with his movements, because I bet you he still wants to play. Like, that's not even going to be a problem. I, I think Chanae obviously hit it. It's just pride. And that's something you can't necessarily speak to unless you're, you're a, a European player and what it means to represent your country. And, and for Giannis to really get a chance, because obviously he's on the biggest stage in the NBA, gets to do his thing every single night. Rarely does he get a chance to really get hardcore minutes with his brother representing his country and his family. So it's just a different kind of pride these guys have. So, you know, Mark, like you said, teams don't really have a choice. Uh, you do hold your breath when these guys hit the ground. But also, as Cheney touched, I think all these guys, obviously Luka and, and, and Giannis and guys that are on these NBA teams know coming toward closer to the season or maybe not even might not, might not even start training camp on time. They might realize that, hey, we had a hell of a run in the summer. We're in playoff shape already. Let's take a rest, you know, these first, you know, pick and choose your days off during training camp and maybe in the preseason because, like I said, they're ready to play regular season games as we speak. I just want to piggyback just quickly, Chanae, a conversation we had in the newsroom. It's a difference between playing for your country and playing in, like, pro-ams or the Drew League. Yes, very big difference. And I think here is, like, playing for your country. This is, like, the Olympics. Winning a gold medal is huge. Like, these are the steps in that process, and those are legacy moments. Now, when it comes to summertime and, you know, picking pro-am games, like, I do think, you know, after seeing Chet Holmgren's experience, people might be thinking twice about that. But I don't think anyone's thinking twice about international competitions where you have lifelong legacy at stake. And this is how you qualify to be able to win and achieve some of your biggest dreams. But I don't even think people, not to cut you off, I don't even think people are second-guessing after seeing Chet. I mean, you can get injured at any single time. It's and true. obviously maybe the last handful of years, injuries have just been on the rise. But at the end, I remember playing, the, like, you really played during the summertime. Like, and back in the league, like, we really used to practice, too. So, I mean, obviously there's so much on load management now and being careful. But guys want to play, and it's going to be hard for teams to stop that. We talked about business decision. It is a business decision because your body is your business. But I, I, I hear both points. Regardless of what they do in the offseason, the international stars have dominated the league over the last few years. From 1956 and 2018, only three international players combined to win four NBA MVP awards. Akeem Olajuwon, Steve Nash, and Dirk Nowitzki. But the last four seasons, Giannis and Jokic have taken home the award, each of them <laughs> twice. So the question is, will the international MVP streak continue, Brian? Listen, uh, I think the favorites are going to be again for international player. You know, I voted for Joel Embiid to win the MVP last year. It, I, it wasn't anything against Jokic, but I thought Embiid had an MVP season. And he's going to come into this season with a great opportunity. And I think Luka is the favorite, and rightfully so. And I think if you're asking me, you know, who the top three favorites are, I'm listing off three international players. Giannis, Jokic and Embiid. Um, you know, I, I don't know when the next American is going to win the MVP. I don't know if it can be Jason Tatum. I don't know if it can be John Morant. But, um, you know, right now, the international players are the studs and the stars of the NBA, and they're playing over the summer for their for their countries. Um, it's it's really admirable because you know they're going to come in, in into, into in shape. So, um, I think there's a, a strong chance we're going to see a fifth consecutive year where international player is the MVP. Yeah, and I think that this is beautiful, and this was purely by design. The NBA really made efforts the last 10 or so you know, years to become a truly global oh, game okay. because they saw their footprint expanding so far beyond just North America. And this is a testament to it, and I love it. You know, I, I love that Giannis is out there representing and galvanizing Greece and even beyond Nigeria. I love that Embiid, you know, is able to play for France but also has 
roots in Cameroon, and we haven't mentioned like Pascal Siakam repping Cameroon. Like, there's so many different storylines that have been integrated into the NBA, where international competition and the NBA have actually birthed this beautiful baby, and this baby is now winning, you know, MVPs and huge awards. And so this was purely by design by the NBA, and I think it's great because there are a few sports that can say that we are really expanding the global game. The next frontier is like women pushing women's sports, you know, globally as well. But I've really been impressed by Adam Silver and all the efforts he's done because that's a result of what their intentionality has been. Janae, you're on point today. I'm not oh, even going to lie. Is it today to or I is mean, it like, all the time? Well, I haven't been working for a while, but global is the key. You know, global. You know, when you see these European players winning these MVPs, it just brings hope to everyone in their country. So obviously, continuing the growth of the game is the ultimate goal. Luca's been the favorite, you know, the last few years, and he, to me, we all see what his body is looking like in this offseason, which is incredible. Probably the best shape he's ever been. And the timing been. is right for him right, this it, time. It's right on point. You know what I mean? Like, he keeps his team keeps getting better. He keeps getting better. Uh, so, you can also obviously throw a Kevin Durant. You know, Mark, you mentioned um, uh, John Morant, Jason Tatum. You could throw a Steph Curry. And you know, there are a handful of American players are obviously going to be able to, you know, sneak in that conversation at any given point. But I would have to agree. I think the European guys are the favorites, odds on favorite to win MVP this year. And I, I don't know if working in his favor. Jalen Brunson now with the Knicks because he'll have more on his back and sometimes that. Where'd you come from, Cass? Where'd you come from? Is that an East MVP Coast. candidate? <laughs> For Luca, is Luca being the favorite? Oh. You know, ha him having to carry, carry more, more weight, um, if, if that works in his favor or will work against him. Also, to your point, uh, Chanae, I mean, David Stern, that was pretty much a big part of his Absolutely. legacy. Uh, yeah. Was, you know, making the game international. All right, still to come on NBA Today, there are backcourt changeups throughout this offseason, so which pairing came out on top? And speaking of the Cavs, where do they rank in the Eastern Conference? Don't miss that. We'll have a uh, colorful conversation. Plus, Carmelo Anthony is still on the market. Is he the best free agent out there? We will talk about all of that and so much more as NBA Today rolls on. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. NBA Today is brought to you by Burger King, a burger, fries, and chicken fries. Only six bucks at BK. I think sometimes um, you don't have to tell your story, time will. For the first time in franchise history, the Chicago Sky are WNBA champions. This time of year is my favorite. You know, it's like, it's so much fun. There's only four teams playing. Like, everybody has to watch us. Parker, they gave her too much space. And she makes a pay. No answer. 
Crystal Parker. This is the kind of zone she's in. I just think we're in a situation where you see an opportunity to win. And so she wants to do everything in her power to get another championship. She's everywhere in defense, offense, off court. She's been very vocal, and I'm happy to play with her. Double team, put it up and Candace Parker, those last two games, unbelievable. There is an urgency, but I'm not thinking about that. We're just trying to win, you know, the game for this team. Dennis Parker's pursuit of her third WNBA championship continues tonight on ESPN2 at 8 Eastern when the Sky hosts the Sun in Game 5 of the semifinals. And the winner will take on, of course, the Aces in the final. Who better to break it down for us than two-time WNBA All-Star and current Spark, Janae Agumake. Of course, nobody knows these teams better, so hit us with that cheat sheet. Let's do it. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm back with a cheat sheet. And finally, finally, thank you, Producer Greg, it's for some <laughs> WNBA. NBA action. It's game five. Winner go home. So let me break it on down. Sun versus Sky. Let's get started with Connecticut. The cut, as I called it when I lived in Connecticut yes, for five did. years. Now the Connecticut Sun, they are the best team in the playoffs at scoring in the paint, getting over 45 points per game inside the paint. As a former Sun player, I know that this team is hard to stop when they're in attack mode with their big three. And I say big three, like literally. So Romy Mate, producer Kwaku, baby. He's in the building. I wish I could have brought him out here, but next time. Check this out. Let's start with Alyssa Thomas. She's so great at getting rebounds and pushing it, just sort of like LeBron, right? Big with size, crafty with the finishes. Let's run it back, but this is a different play. She's pushing, she's ambidextrous, and she has excellent footwork, Ooh. and she always likes to flex on him. I see you, AT. I'm so proud of you, sis. Now let's go to Jonquil Jones, the MVP, and she's just excellent at second chance points and offensive rebounding. She's long, over 6'6", lanky, and never stops when it gets to rebounding, especially offensively. And last but not least, the sixth woman of the year, Bree Jones. She has been amazing. Most improved candidate, but more so sixth woman of the year. Her low post scoring, her footwork, elite. You get guaranteed points all around this area when you have that big three for the Connecticut Sun. I'm so proud of my former teammates. This might be their year, but standing in the way, Cassidy, are the defending champs, the Chicago Sky. So check this out right here. The Chicago Sky have been the best team this postseason at turning defense into offense, leading the Give league in steals and fast break points per game. So uh, one more time, producer Quake, who baby, run me my tape, okay? Now this is great. Look at the defensive rotations, and when you're veterans, you're great at communication. Yes. Allie Quigley sees the post rolling. She calls Candace to come handle the paint. Candace, you know, a defensive player of the year, is there. And I love this. Slooty, your point guard. Boxes out AT, gets the rebound, and they're off to the races. Another play, but this time Miesemann, such a crucial key player for them, commits to the hard trap on Courtney Williams. The post is rolling. Koss slows it down. Kalia Copper, former finals MVP. And then here, here's the pick and roll. Sees the post rolling again because there's another trap. And look at this. Quigley just says, you know what, I'm going to handle it myself and forces a steal by their just communication and active pressure on defense. That's what they did in game three. They need to be able to do this again to be able to meet the aces. So after all of this, I have a question. Will it come down to, you know, whose strength is better? You know, they wanted me, producer Greg wanted me to make a pick. I'm like, nah, I can't do that. These are both, <laughs> these are my people. So my question is, will the sun shine bright or will the sky make it rain?
Just don't get burned. So well, you your SPF. Get, so you just you just put that question out there for other people yes. to take on. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I guess we'll let you get away with that. Oh, thank you. You just did such a. Y'all know job. I like a good hedge. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but as a reminder, you can see it all go down. Um, you don't need a prediction. You can just watch. Thank you. That part tonight at 8 Eastern, 7 Central on ESPN2 and the app. WNBA Countdown with Monica McNutt, Carolyn Peck, and special guest Asia Wilson. That's MVP. Asia Wilson. All gaining you started at 7.30. So another day has passed and Brittany Griner is still detained in Russia. It's been 203 days since she was arrested in a Moscow airport for possession of cannabis. Griner is serving a nine-year prison sentence despite the U.S. government having classified her as wrongfully detained. Here's ESPN investigative reporter TJ Quinn with an update on her status. Well, this is an agonizing time for the family. There's some optimism that things are so quiet, it's a good sign. You're not hearing any leaks from the U.S. side. You're also not seeing anything in Russian media that would suggest their government is not happy with negotiations. But when you talk to the people around Brittany Griner, they say that they're trying to have faith in the process and then trying to be patient, understanding that these are not easy deals to make. Uh, but they're also racing against the clock. She is still awaiting uh, a hearing on her appeal. Um, in the meantime, they're hoping that she stays in a Moscow jail, which is frankly a far better alternative than the prison camp that she's been sentenced to. So they would like to see something happen, obviously sooner rather than later, just to get her home. But also they just want to make sure she doesn't end up being sent to that prison camp where life can be brutally hard. So right now they're trying to remain patient. They feel like they're aligned with the family of Paul Whelan and know that if one of them's coming home, both of them are coming home. Uh, but if you don't see much progress in the next couple weeks, I wouldn't be surprised to see both families start to speak up and try to draw more attention to her case. And here's a detailed look at Brittany Griner's timeline since she was detained in Russia back on February 17th. We'll continue to talk about it and continue to bring attention as we continue to call to get Brittany back home. Still to come on NBA Today, Cleveland is the city. Where will the Cavs finish this season, though? And we're ranking the harmony between that backcourt spider and Garland. Plus, we've got a special edition of Chop It or Drop It. Does Russ have a bone to pick with NBA 2K? Don't miss that. And since the NFL season kicks off tonight, we'll cross over to a football-style edition of Top of the Top. You'll see what we mean. NBA Today rolls on. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. 
Presented by Allstate. Two of the game's best young guards now paired up in Cleveland thanks to a monster trade the Caps pulled off just a week ago. Donovan Mitchell in, Colin Sexton, Lowry Markkinen, Ochai Agbaji, and three first out. So, a team that had three All-Stars last season adds yet another one. And it looks like the backcourt is already hitting it off, guys. Yesterday was Spida's birthday, and Darius wasted no time wishing him a happy one on Instagram. Isn't that sweet? Uh, and speaking of sweet, Trey Young is already a bad man, as evident by uh, this nutmeg. On Kyrie Irving, you guys see this? Mm. Oh, this one. This wasn't on, on Kyrie Irving. This was uh, this was against the Timberwolves. Just a nutmeg. Irving. That nutmeg in general on the internet right now. You can see him do the same thing to Kyrie Irving. He's different. Different, different. Different. And all they did this offseason was uh, add Dejounte Murray. So uh, <laughs> quite the back court pairing there. Two more all-stars joining forces. Lots and lots and lots of great backcourts now exist throughout the league. Oh my goodness. Good luck ranking these guys. Yeah, uh, if only honestly. we had two players that, that know the game inside and out to help us rank all the pairings you see here on your screen. Honestly, it was really hard. I'm not going to lie. Hmm. Well, somehow I always get the days I work, we always have to rank, rank. stuff and I get violated <laughs> on social media for like the next month. I'm sorry. <laughs> not sorry. Matt, let's start with you. Give us your rankings so we can start, you know, man, the violation. Man, man. A lot of Twitter. talent, a lot of talent. I'm excited to see what this group does. So Ooh. I'm going to start them at number five. Obviously, Mitchell being the, one of the best young scorers in the game. And the only knock on uh, I have on him is he never really made players around him better. But Garland is sixth in the league in assists at 8.6. So I think that's going to be a scary combination at four. What do you have? I'm assuming... Kyrie wants to play, oh. and Ben Simmons is going to be healthy. Ben Simmons, first-team all-defense and assuming, an all-star. Assuming, assuming, Kyrie Irving, we know how talented he is, and I really think he has a point to prove this year. So I got the Nets at four. Who else did I have? Sorry, See, I'm not even on Twitter, but I'm already calling you, you know out. What this, this is not is. what you told us in the pre-show meeting. You know, I, I, sw I switched it like two times. On the okay. way here, I switched it. This <laughs> backcourt right here, whether it's Marcus Smart, first-team all-defense, or Brogdon, who was a huge pickup, yes. and then the emergence of Jalen Brown has been amazing to me. Um, okay. I'm not bad at My this. My brother, CP. I was All with right. these two yeah. guys last night at the uh, 2K launch. We'll get into that a little bit later. Devin Booker and Chris Paul. It's been a you know a revitalized franchise since Chris Paul's came there. Devin Booker's continued to improve. And to me, until somebody knocks these yeah. boys off, mm. they're the best basketball in basketball. So no. obviously a lot of honorable mentions. You know, you don't see Luka. You don't see Ja. There's a lot of guys. You don't, people, Minnesota slept on backcourt with DeAndre Russell true. and Ant. No, no love for Trey. Also, like, backcourt, there are guys that play more guard on the perimeter that like if you put them two in there like if you put KD like that would right. put you up there but we're playing like actual voting. You don't need yeah. to put that down because if you don't have them at Thank you that one. part. So mine was a little different and I'll okay. tell you exactly what I did. So let's start with number one because like let's start with what was the same and what's right. known. Right? Splash Bros here. I love this. Actually let's one stay two. Here. Like, it, one two. Actually. And one two. I'm actually one two three. One two three. One two three. Marcus Martin, Jalen Brown. I like this combo. Defensive mm -hmm. player of the year. Jalen Brown. I think he averaged 24. He was not an all-star mm -hmm. last 
last year, but he's a one-time All-Star. Big in the and playoffs, so that, too. Yeah, and I'm like, Tatum, can't we, like, just, like, mm -hmm. okay, sorry. I digress. Now, when I go to four, this, to me, mm. is interesting. I'm going to go, let me do my Vanna White, or should I say Vanna Black? Right here. Uh, <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> um, I'm going here. Ooh. I'm really excited about this. Trey averaged almost 30 points last year and getting DeJounte Murray, you know, I know he was an all-star. Was it like a, you know, slide-in all-star, but the real uh, aspect about it was just he just has arrived. Yeah. And so you look at those two. This is one of those teams in the East that I think their stock grew, especially based on this backcourt. So they have a lot to prove, especially considering that they made an Eastern Conference, fi or Eastern Conference Finals run. Um, and now they're like, hey, expectations have shifted and changed. Now five, this is where I think you – did you change yours? Yeah, like, cause I I'm did. Keep, I'm keeping this here. Mm -hmm. Cleveland's going to go crazy. I like it. Cleveland's going to go crazy. Garland, uh, Mitchell, I like that pairing. But more so Mobley, Allen. They're like probably one of the most deep teams. Uh, so are you, are you I, so I like Kyrie and Simmons. No, but okay. I just, I, we know what I'm trying to search for. Where are the Lakers? You guys, you don't want to pat that and Russell Westbrook? I like it. I, and they're going to be friends. I, that Do you really beef, like it? That beef that people think there is, when you become teammates, is way different. Because I've had beef with dudes and I became teammates and we became like this. Yeah. My question, I want to see this because both these guys are ball-dominant guys. Both guys averaged above nine assists last year. So where does the sacrifice come in? But normally but just, my thing is great players find a way to make it work. But they're like have different strengths. You know, Trey's low to the ground and lot G3s. You know, DeJounte sort of is downhill Mr. and like Triple has double. a different... Exactly. So uh, I I'm still like on the that fact mix. that Matt said he liked the, the Lakers backcourt and he thinks it's going to work. Because yesterday, Brian Windhorst on the show, he was like, that is not going to work. I don't mind Let's it. bring him oh, back no. with us. I don't mind <laughs> you, you saw that. Are I, you right? I am still trying... <laughs> I am still trying to get over that we had Beverly and Westbrook on the list of notable backcourts ahead of at least... It's Seven a or eight other ones that could it's have been on note. that list. It is, I mean, Matt Barnes, like, you cannot look at me with a straight face. <laughs> I'm not even looking at you right now. And tell me that you think that that backcourt. Is that why Twitter comes for you, bro? Because I'm you not even looking at you. And tell me that that backcourt can work in any circumstance in 2022 <laughs> NBA. And you can't tell me that LeBron James is has Take any interest in playing with those two guys Coming. not spreading the floor for him. Hey, I'm not looking but at you. Brian. I will move on and say that, um, you know, I'm surprised that the Dallas Mavericks, I mean, Luka Doncic and a guy off the street could be a top 10 backcourt in the NBA, and Spencer Dinwiddie is not a guy off the street. I know that they lost Jalen Brunson, and I know that that's going to be something to recover, but Spencer Dinwiddie put up really big numbers when he was with the Dallas after the trade last year. He put up some of his best three-point shooting numbers of his career. We'll see if that carries over. But I would not sleep on Dallas. I know they did not have a good offseason. I will agree that they I don't think they handled their um, their maneuvers well. But I think Luka Doncic is a beast. And I think with Dinwiddie having the whole training camp to go along with him, I think they're going to be right up there with some of the best in the league. Don't, I mean, don't come, don't mention the Lakers backcourt to Brian anymore. He is fed up. Um, but look, uh, we just... We, Not in the list of some of the best, my God. <laughs> Notable. Hey, they're Notable. on the list. I just don't know which list. Notable. Notable. Um, look, we, we, we just heard a lot about Boston, Cleveland, Atlanta, Brooklyn, Philly, all very good backcourts, but... I'll, are they playoff bound? Nine very good teams on paper in the East. Here we go again. Now with Cleveland adding Donovan. Get ready. Pick your starting area. Here we go. We're going to we'll start with Brian, okay? Brian, starting with you, where will the Cavs finish in the standings? Yeah, so if you look at those teams, you know, how many of those teams are they passing? Like, I, I really liked this trade. I think the way that their, their team fits together is really good. I understand why they did it. I support it. But I can't say for sure they're going to be a top-five team. 
You know, the Hawks, who finished right behind them, they got better. The Nets, I believe, if they can keep their act together, I know that's a big if, but they're <laughs> in theory they should be better. The Raptors finished fifth last year. The Heat finished first. I mean, those aren't teams that you can just take for granted. So I think there's too many, too much, uh, you know, talent at the end in the Eastern Conference. Somebody is going to be a really good team in the East and is going to miss the playoffs. It might be the Bulls. You know, six, eight months ago, you would have had the Bulls, Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan as one of the best backcourts in the East. And now we're having trouble saying that because Lonzo has this uncertain knee injury. So um, there's going to be a good team that gets one or two good teams that's going to get disappointed in the East this year. So I think the Cavs are much improved. A lot of it to me will be how good is Evan Mobley because the trade for Donovan Mitchell is a vote in the, in the overall uh, ability of Evan Mobley to mature into a superstar. That's what the Cavs are betting on as much as they are Donovan Mitchell. And I don't know, you know, Wendy, you just said, like, I don't know if they're going to be top five. Well, I picked five because I didn't know, but I feel good about them. I feel really good about them. Just from a depth perspective, yes. from a scoring perspective, from a tenacity perspective, they're taking those steps to where they're trying to build a championship. Maybe not next year. Maybe the year after, you know, and so it's going to um, maybe the year after that. But but still, you see the pieces in real time, a young core being there. And so I have them at five. I like their roster. They've developed a new identity, obviously, post LeBron. And that took a little bit. I don't have them top five. I have them at six. Just solely based on this, because the East is strong. And like you said, Wendy, I think the playing games are going to be really exciting because these are quality teams that can definitely be in the playoffs. So shout out to the playing because I think that's going to be fun. My team to watch on the bubble again is probably going to be Atlanta because I just want to see all Although that's a dynamic backcourt, I want to see how that backcourt works together. Because like I said, guys that are used to having the ball in their hands the entire game, you have two of those guys now, and they're starting in your backcourt. So who is going to do what and who's going to sacrifice? So I, I, don't, I like Atlanta's team. I just want to see if they can figure that out. We are far away away from the Eastern Conference. The East is going to be real interesting again this year. All right, coming up, a special edition of Chop It or Drop It just minutes away. Talking Russell Westbrook, Pat Dev, some more, uh, Carmelo Anthony, Lakers, and a whole lot more. Stay tuned. <laughs> NBA Today rolls on. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming. FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. Now it's time for today's WNBA Corner presented by Google as we await the ultimate prize. The award season is in full swing. And here's today's search trend provided by Google. WNBA 2022 MVP was a breakout search in the U.S. from the first week of September. And yesterday, fans finally got their results as Asia Wilson was named MVP for the second time in her career. Wilson is the seventh player in WNBA history to win multiple MVP awards and just the third number one pick to win it multiple times, joining Lauren Jackson and Candace Parker. Here's how Wilson found out she was a two-time MVP. I've known since Saturday, but Asia Wilson's MVP.
What a cool moment to see him back here with Matt Barnes and Chanae Agumake. And Chanae, starting with you, uh, what are your thoughts on Asia edging out Brianna Stewart uh, for the MVP award? Yeah, talking to players, people thought it could go either way, but I'm perfectly cool with that. Asia is deserving, and I'm really happy for her. I actually got to see her less than a week ago. Uh, we were both shooting something for State Farm, and it was a point in the series where, you know, she was trying to get her footing, and I just, you could just sort of feel like her confidence, and she was like, you know what, it's, things are going to be great. Like, things are going to be all right. She's a battler. She's a warrior. Having to guard her, I know this personally. <laughs> and, I mean, just to do all of this, you know, before the age of 26, and I know, Matt, you want to say also Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So impressive with rebounding because people don't know the Aces. They've been playing, you know, five, six players deep. They said she's only rested four minutes in the series. Like, she's taken and put this whole team on her back, and then everyone has improved under Coach Hammond from Plum to Chelsea going Ooh, crazy. Chelsea Jackie Baller. Young uh, improved. Like, this is a team that has arrived. And Seattle, I mean, like, you don't want someone to lose in that situation. Right. You have Sue Bird's last game, them playing at home in a new arena. Like, the energy, I think they've led, you know, the entire season in, in a fan attendance. So, like, this is one of those things where you're happy for both. But I understand considering Vegas was the top team for most of the year. She was the person that anchored the paint and provided a lot of that interior presence on both ends. I... It's like this is a this. I'm just happy for you. Yeah. Hey, hey, and you're right. Congrats. It was a, a tight race. Just uh, eight first place votes uh, separated the two. And look, you you mentioned Sue Bird from this season's MVP to one of the most valuable players in WNBA history. Uh, Bird, her legendary career it came to an end, as you said, after that loss to Wilson and the Aces in the semifinals. But Chanea, you know, her her legacy is always going to continue to live on future Hall of Famer, no doubt. But what is your favorite Sue Bird story? Honestly, there are, like, so many stories. And as you know, like, you can't really say it. You know how it is. Like, the best story you can't really say on air. But what I will say is this. You know, leading into 2020, for two years, we were both on the WMBPA Players Association, both vice presidents. And we spent two years in group chats and in meetings just getting to know each other and also finding each other's roles because we're pushing to really have this league take another step. You know, my sister's a big sis. and uh, My sister's a president. And so, like, it was a family thing, and she instantly became a sister. Uh, her voice was invaluable. Being able to step to the table and say, hey, NBA, hey, NBA partners, like, bet on women, invest in women. Uh, having Sue Bird there was absolutely invaluable because, you know me, I'll be talking, and my sister's <laughs> awesome at delegating, but having Sue there step up and say, hey, you know, I could just choose not to do this. I'm good. I have a legacy that's cemented, but instead, she got in the trenches, she worked, she was fun, she was smart, she was engaging, and she helped us have a deal, uh, the CBA that was right in 2020 that really changed the game for not only women in sport but just women period in the workplace and so that's the biggest thing that I think she has done even though her list is endless. I mean yeah her accolades are you know everyone knows her accolades but I like just what she's been able to do off the court on being herself and, and mm -hmm. standing for what she stands in and, and how many women she's represented and how many women she's given confidence to to actually be themselves. Her and her partner Megan have done tremendous have made tremendous strides and helped break down barriers that have stood for so long so I mean obviously again on the court she's a killer. Uh, you know, one of the legends in the game, but I love what she stands for off the court. And I'm like, after watching, I was like, do we really think she's done? Like, I feel like she's done. Post-game, she was like, I'm still going to be around. Um, we'll like, see. She's probably still got some in the tank. Which and, is crazy. And, and we're not done here either. Still to come on NBA Today, is NBA 2K doing too much? Our crew reacts to Pat Bev's shocking rating compared to his new teammate, Russ. Matt, you want to, I know you want to continue to talk about them. <laughs> Lakers.
Emmys never lack for drama, and this Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly pairing is sure going to keep Twitter abuzz this season, and Ronnie 2K took notice. Tuesday night, the NBA 2K ratings came out, and Pat Bev is 79 overall, while Russ mm. is 78. I mean, I don't know if Ronnie mm. is petty, but there's something mm. petty about that. Um, but I digress. Brian Windhorse uh, is back with us. Who, 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 you guys want to play a little uh, chop it or drop it? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. And let's stay uh, with the new Lakers backcourt, Matt. Okay, so did NBA 2K get it right? Oof. Making Pat Bev ahead. Yeah. Of Russell Westbrook. I just hosted the 2K party last night. Yeah, you launch, did. And this was the and talk of today. the party. Yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't work out. <laughs> Always this morning, working. Though. This was the talk of the party. It's just obviously the rankings. You know, Devin Booker, We I talked to Devin Booker with Ronnie, and Devin Booker was mad at his rankings. So rankings are taken serious. I think, although Russ had an off season last year, I think his ranking is too low. I think Pat Bev was right there, very solid. The 79 is a solid ranking, but I think Russ's ranking is a little too low, so I think Russ should be in the 80 somewhere. I'd have to agree because, Russ, as much as you question his game and you point out his limitations, I do think he still performs. He shows up, and he'll get you at least 20 and maybe eight or so. And so, you know, just showing a little deference to that versus Bev, who, okay, I'm like, Ronnie, I love you, but I like, I like you. You know what I'm saying? But I don't play too much 2K because I'm so focused on everything else. And so I was like, does defense really help your rating? if you're playing and you're like a lockdown defender because is that what like threw him up to. and you know so I, I was curious about that angle but I do think Russ should definitely be higher two words drop it <laughs> uh, let's uh, head out eat as we talked about earlier in the show that conference is loaded this season so chop it or drop it Cheney the east is better than the west mm. you know I would say just I'm gonna be quick drop it just because I feel like the east has been better than the west uh, the last few years or so meaning the west is a little bit more top heavy even though we did get a little shift of that momentum last season in the playoffs but I'm going with drop it you got to win it to be the best conference so the west is the best until the east wins again oh okay that's different Brian I'd like to chop it, but we don't have much time. But I say the East is deeper than the West, even though the champs are in the West. All right, let's take a look at the remaining free agents. You, you're going to see the names. Carmelo Anthony, Rajon Rondo, LaMarcus Aldridge, amongst others. Chop it or drop it, Matt. Carmelo is the best of the bunch. Chop it. Um, yes, I agree. And I think the only reason why he didn't re-sign with the Lakers is because they have such an older team and they needed to get younger. But Melo's still at about 13 and a half points and about four rebounds. You look at someone like Boston, they're expecting to have Gallinari. He's going to be out for the season. I think he'd be a great fit there, possibly a Brooklyn fit. But he still has more game, and I hope that uh, he finds a home. I'm going to drop it because I'm like, I don't want to have to rank him. He's already great. He's a great in the game, so I'm dropping it. B? 38% from three-point range last year. He could fit in the league somewhere. The Lakers, frankly, could use a 38-point three-point shooter. <laughs> Nailed that. Uh, all right, guys, we have a really busy weekend coming up. What a lineup we have this weekend. And Monday, the U.S. Open Women's Finals is Saturday afternoon on ESPN. Our Saturday night football game on ABC as number 14 USC taking on Stanford. Lord help us. And the U.S. Open Men's Final is Sunday Go afternoon. Francis. And tomorrow afternoon on ESPN. And our Monday night football week one matchup. Football is back. Russell yes. Back in <laughs> Seattle to lead the Broncos against the Seahawks. That's on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN Deportes and ESPN Plus with Peyton and Eli on ESPN. Yafo. Thanks to Brian. We'll probably see you down the line, my friend. When we return in 60 seconds, the best football style NBA plays from last season as the NFL <laughs> kicks off tonight, and we're all about synergy. Stay tuned.
NBA Today is brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill. The NFL kicks off tonight. How glorious. Here's some of the best dunks by NFL players. We've got Miles Garrett. I mean, that was impressive. Oh, that was at the All-Star, All-Star game. game. Uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey. athletic. Wild. Yes. Cole Beasley. Okay. Oh. Devontae Adams. Ooh. Oh. And Odell Beckham Jr. Mm. Woo. Wow. I mean, anyone we forget, Matt? Uh, there's a guy named Drew Bennett that used to be a, a walk-on quarter, a quarterback at UCLA. Didn't get a chance to play. He ended up playing receiver at UCLA in the NFL. He used to come in our practice barefooted and go between his legs. It was unbelievable. Barefooted? Barefooted. Oh, my God. I mean, athletic is athletic. That is whew, that is crazy. Uh, welcome back to NBA Today. Cassidy Helperton from Malika here with Shanae and Matt Barnes. And with the NFL starting tonight, we have very special top of the top. The top football-style plays from this past NBA season. Ready, guys? Let's do it. All right. Let's start with top truck stick. The Cavs hosting the Lakers and LeBron bulldozes and dunks on his good friend, Kevin Love. Oh, yeah. He hesitated for one second. Like, should I? uh, Don't hesitate. uh, Don't hesitate. He's been trucking people for 20 years. Don't feel bad, K-Love. And it ain't gonna stop. Mm -mm. Truck It ain't gonna stop. How about this? I mean, extension? I mean, like, what? Hey, not real. He did that We've in the pro-am, that. too. He's not real. And, and Caleb had, like, fun with it afterward. Mm. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. How about the top <laughs> hook and ladder guys staying in Cleveland? Um, outlet from Love to Darius Garland. Drops it off for the slam. Oh. Love is, is real good at it. Oh, Love is. Yeah, great outlet. I feel like that's one of the best skills as a post player, catching the rebound and being able go. to, like, Joker, like Kevin Love. They're, I would say, two of the best at that. Mm-hmm. Getting the ball up the court. Yep. And that's not easy, just, like, throwing it to, no. you know, it's not easy. It's quarterback-ish. And it's awareness, like that drop pass, bam. We'll see what uh, Kevin Love, his impact on those young stars uh, going to be good as well. How about the top scramble? Kyrie, the quarterback, navigating through defenders and then flips to his receiver, if you will, Patty Mills, for three. Definitely not handles. surprised. Not surprised. Patty, yes. Like, best handle in the league, Kyrie. Maybe best handle ever. I mean, ever. Yeah. That's Mike Vickish right here. Oh. Shout out Mike Vick. Right. To run around and then find somebody the last minute. Or, oh, just, yeah. or just run it. Oh, of course. That's automatic. It's Patty. Yeah. Like, that one, that's automatic. Nice combination. Or, you know, Patrick Mahomes, just magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, top Hail Mary. How about this one? Oh, just yeah. before the halftime buzzer. Oh, yeah. Steven Adams. Nice. From uh, one end zone to the other. Play to Ridiculous. the horn sounds. Great play. Great athleticism to catch the ball, somewhat score up and get a shot off. Yup. Incredible. And it's funny because like I watched this, I'm like, oh, I should have put them at like, you know, my best backcourts. Bane and Ja, I just like, I'm like, oh. You know Ja's got it was too Bane, early in the Bane's morning. Yeah, uh, Bane's got a little bit more work, but I like Bane too. True. Uh, True. Be- before we pass it off to NFL Live, um, you have a Super Bowl pick? I'm a Niner fan, and I hope Trey Lance comes out and does what he's supposed to do. <laughs> you see the Bills are favored, but I'm going to give Tom Brady one more. Oh, oh wow. One more nod for Brady. Wow. I mean, honestly, I don't have a team, really. I've been saying I haven't had a team for years now, but I'm a Travis Kelsey fan, so go Chiefs. Um, our producers keep calling you out, saying that you, you had the Browns. Browns? Browns? You had the Browns? Never. Rams. Oh, <laughs> Rams are four. Oh, yeah. Hey. What about you, Cass? I, the Bears, I guess. <laughs> Homer. <laughs> 